Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Amen. Well, we certainly did have a beautiful time yesterday at the Women's Conference. And um, we do want to say again, thank you so much to everybody. And especially our men that helped out and Josh and all the team. Um, uh, Dylan, just leading a wonderful team with there's so much estrogen in the room and yet they weren't afraid. (laughs) And they did such a good job. from the prophetic booze to the cafe. Elise, where are you? Elise, oh my goodness. Amazing, amazing. I can't see you wherever you are, but uh, just did so much cooking and it was just beautiful. But so many women getting delivered and set free and healed and oh, it's just lovely. Um, Quite a few women drove up from Newcastle just for the day. from Toowoomba, came from Noosa and all over the place. So uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, just love on, love on people as they come. So um, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to encourage us today, that He wants to refresh your heart. I love spending time with the Lord in the morning when I wake up and and just as I, as I wake up in the morning, the first thing I, I like to do is just start to talk to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're here. And as I talk to him, I just tell him whatever's on my heart. Firstly, I'm thinking about what did I dream? And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll just talk to him about whatever I'm thinking or feeling and just process with him, have conversation with him and let him bring scripture to my memory. And, and I, as I'm thinking about that scripture and talking to him, uh, even this morning, having, as I was having conversation with the Lord, when I got up and then opened my Bible, the same scripture that had been going through my head was the first thing I opened up to. And the Holy Spirit just confirming His Word to me as I speak. Conversation with God, where I talk to Him and then He speaks to me through His Word. It's just the most enriching and nourishing experience. And I believe that the Father is looking for us to take advantage of the daily bread that He has for us every day. He wants to so encourage you and nourish your heart. So I'm going to read from Passion Translation. I'm going to use my glasses because these little, these little numbers... On the verses yesterday, I'm like, I can read the words, but those numbers, they're small. They're small. (laughs) So there we go. Okay, but I want to read to you from John, because I'm still in the book of John. Hallelujah. John chapter 15. Hallelujah. Actually, no, we're going to go to John 14, because it's so beautiful. Hallelujah. So John 14, 15. I can see the number now. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. (laughs) Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he'll give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me and he'll never leave you. I love the way that he says here, I'll give you another Savior. You think, oh, hang on, that sounds a bit strange. But the Holy Spirit is not distinct or separate from Jesus. He is the Spirit of Jesus. And just as Jesus came and He saved us from our sin, He saved us from sickness, He saved us from death, He still every day is saving me. In that He, I, I find that this one who is able to keep me from falling, this one who is able to speak to me, when he speaks to me, it's not with words of 
correction and disapproval and rebuke. I, I was thinking about this and um, I was thinking of my friends James and Rochelle. Uh, Pastor James is actually, he's, you're speaking next Saturday at the School of the Prophets, uh, which is going to be so wonderful. But these dear friends of ours, I remember many, many years ago, they were just, we were just talking, I think we were fellowshipping over cheese, hallelujah, and um, as we were talking, uh, they were just talking about marriage and how in their marriage, which is just so beautiful, I watched them and the, the way they just looked after all their foster children and, and just done marriage so beautifully. They are, you are a really beautiful couple. But they, James said, you know, the way we look at it is if there's any trouble comes, if any difficulty comes, if there's any conflict comes or anything happens, it's like a tennis game where we just, one person just drops their racket and runs around the other side of the fence. And that they spend their whole, uh, their whole married lives with the attitude of, doesn't matter what happens so long as you know that I'm on your side. And from that position, anything can be solved. So instead of rebuttal and rebuke and argument, it's like, hang on, no, no, we don't do that. We're on the same side. And it just, I was thinking about that this morning as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit and how he deals with me. And that even when I've got things, questions, thoughts, confusion, what's going on? What do you think about this? The Lord doesn't come at me with like, well, you should know better than that. This is, you know, come on, remember this scripture, sort your life out. He doesn't speak to me like that. He gets into bed with me and sits there and talks to me and, and, and has conversation with me. And he speaks to me as though he, I'm asking him for wisdom and he shares his wisdom as an invitation if I'd like to enjoy it. And his wisdom is so rich and so lovely and his kindness is so good that I see his wisdom and just say, oh God, you're so right. Yes, thank you, Lord. I see that. Thank you. And if, if I need to make a correction, I make a correction, but I, I do it feeling so loved and so much that he is on my side and with me. You see, Growing up in a school system or a family system where you're used to an authoritarian model where someone's always correcting you and making things, you know, telling you you need to do this and you get this right and you've done that wrong and a disciplinary model where it is um, primarily based on punishment. We can adopt an attitude about God that makes us think that God is always up there trying to correct us. When in fact, the Holy Spirit is here to be on our side, to sit with us, to talk with us, and to, He's always there saying, if you are in any situation, if there's any temptation, if there's any difficulty, I am here to make a way of escape for you to be your Savior. And if you'll ask me for help, I'll give it to you. And that's the way He speaks to us. Let me keep reading because this is so delicious. Hallelujah. I will ask the Father and he'll give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but they will know, or you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. <sighs> Selah, pause and think about that. 
I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I'll leave this world and they'll see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. Then one of the disciples named Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, why is it you will only reveal your identity to us and not to everyone? Jesus replied, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me will not obey my words. The Father did not send me to speak my own revelation, but the words of my Father. I'm telling you this while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends a spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. This magnificent Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. You know, I think the Father is looking for us to understand this precious gift that we have in His Spirit dwelling within us, walking with us, talking with us, wanting to encourage and teach us, equip us and help us. And the Holy Spirit, He wants to sit alongside you and He wants to talk to you. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of revelation, that is to tell you things you don't know about. And he wants to share his secrets with you. He is available as the most wonderful counselor, the most wonderful friend you could ever have. And yet very often, we forget to take advantage of the opportunity. If you had someone that you really admired, uh, you know, a, a mentor in your whatever field of work you're in that, that you thought, if I could just have, you know, it, wouldn't it be amazing if I could sit and have coffee with Bill Johnson every week and just gain some wisdom or something, whoever it might be, you, you'd, be you'd make a priority to be there and you'd, you'd be talking about what he talked about when you came out and you'd be, you'd be thinking about it and you'd be um, really stewarding that opportunity well, yes? Well, we have one who is far greater than any person, any mentor, who is making himself 100% available all the time to you to have conversation with you that will enrich your life to the point that people will seek you out for the wisdom that you carry. And yet, we often don't take advantage of it because we forget. We forget who we are. We are the dwelling place of God. We've become the temple of God Himself. He lives on the inside of us and He says, I am here. Jesus said, it is better that I go away because my Spirit will come and be with you 24-7 personally all the time. 
And these works that I do, greater works than these will you do. You will do these works and greater works, he says. Because my spirit is in you, upon you, and working through you. And he wants to mentor you. He wants to talk to you. And the lovely thing about God is he is not up there to condemn you or to judge you. He is there saying, my mercies are new every morning. I am for you. I am not against you. Our cultural head, my, my cultural upbringing, struggles with this concept. I'm used to, you know, as I was raised to be, if you do the wrong thing, they're going to disapprove. And, and you know, I was, I was more accustomed to disapproval than I was to affirmation. And so I was always trying to do the right thing because I was afraid of disapproval or rebuke. But, but encountered very little affirmation. And yet the Father's so not the way that you might have experienced uh, authority. He's not there to control you. He's there to be alongside of you and be on your side and invite you into his wisdom if you would like it. In fact, if you choose to do the wrong thing, you go the wrong way, you choose to, to walk the other way, he doesn't say, well, I'm never going to talk to you again. He, he makes himself available the whole time. If you want my wisdom, if you want my help, I'll show you how to come back on the path. I'm here. I love you. I'm for you. He's not up there going, oh, you're terrible. I'm going to throw sickness on you. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to punish you. He's there going, my mercy's here. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Anytime you want to come, I'm here. I know how to help you. You're not too far gone. Here, hold my hand. Take my hand. I'll show you. Listen to my words. I'll show you back onto the path. I'll help you. I'm here. I love you. That's who he is every day. And so if you do start wandering off track, Instead of feeling afraid of God, you need to realize that he is not there to, to beat you and to be offended and to punish you. He's there saying, I'm right here. I know exactly how to bring you back onto track. I'm right here. I'm for you. I love you. He's the father that we read about in the story of the prodigal son. That's just who he is. He's not there to berate you. He's not there to condemn you. He's not there to disapprove of you. He's there to convince you of his great love for you and his desire to be your great saviour every minute of every day. Amen? Our beautiful Father. He gave his son, his son gave his life so that we can now have his spirit living on the inside of us and that we could have and be a part of the magnificent family of God so we could experience what it looks like to be loved. Um, a friend of mine today sent me a song. They said, oh, um, up in Darwin, they sent, they sent a song down to me and they said, oh, I was just listening to this, worshipping, and the Lord just spoke to me to send this through to you. And um, I'm, I just began to listen to the song, put it on in my prayer time, listening. And it was um, Upper Room was singing, um, uh, when you walk into the room, everything changes. And suddenly the Holy Spirit just started to speak to me in a really intense way. And, and it was singing, uh, they were singing, and what do I have need of? And the Lord spoke, what do I have need of? I have need of nothing 
But every time you spend time with me, every time you spend time with me, it satisfies my soul. Uh, he kept singing it, and it was overwhelming me. Now, I, if you're getting upset with like, well, we're with God all the time. He doesn't get happy when we walk in the room. He's with us all the time. I know that. I do know that. But I tell you, when we spend deliberate time with the Lord, the Father's heart is touched and moved. Scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It wouldn't say that if we didn't have the capacity to bless God. Sometimes we get the idea that God who has need of nothing is up there going, yes, well, it's very nice, that's good. Worship, nice, that's good, that's a good thing. Yes, glad you're doing that. That's sometimes how we think God is. But actually, He is more emotional than any of us ever allow ourselves to be. Because He created emotion in the first place. He is love. He is moved by your praise. He is moved by your worship. Not in just a little way, oh, oh that was nice. It's like, how do we know this? In the Song of Songs, which is a picture of Christ and His bride, it says, one glance of your eye and you have ravished my heart. That's what the Father says about you. Too much, too much, too much, too much, God. He goes, no, not too much. Pray for the Holy Spirit to strengthen you with might so you can comprehend the love that I have for you. It's higher, it's wider, it's deeper, it's greater than you've ever understood. But my heart still, still goes, often, too much, too much. Because my head goes, how could I possibly have that sort of value to God? Yet I believe even as you were listening to the prophetic words tonight, that was a beautiful word, Pastor Barry, about the, the gold swirling around. I believe that God is wanting to strengthen you with might in your inner being so you can comprehend this love of God so that you can begin to believe the value that you have to Him. In Ephesians chapter one, Paul prays that we would know the Father, that we would know Him, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know Him, the hope of our calling, the riches of His glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. In other words, he was saying, I pray that you would know him supernaturally, continuously, by the Holy Spirit, continually revealing him to you on a daily basis so that you would know your calling, which is to be as he is, so that you would understand the value that you have to him, that you are to him, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints. He wants you to believe the value that you have to his heart because when you start to understand it, you will not become proud. You will humble yourself in such a way that it will undo your heart and say, God, how can this love be? And he'll say, let me show you. He wants us to come into a revelation of the value that we have to Him so that we can step into the greatness of the power that He wants to release through us. 
if we continue to buy even in, even subtly to the lie that somehow I, 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 we, we can't just go there, that we would be the beloved of God, that we would, we can understand it perhaps because conceptually, yes, okay, I'm loved by God. God loves everybody. Of course, he loves us. God wants to take it a whole heap deeper than that. He wants you to know that His love for you is not generic, is not just out there as a concept. It is so intensely personal that you can't emotionally handle it. You can't spiritually handle it. You can't physically handle it. But He wants to give you supernatural power so that you can. He wants you to understand it because it's not just about you. When you begin to grab, grab hold of this love that He has for you, you will get rooted and grounded in it and you will grow up as a tree that many others will be able to come to and find shelter and refuge and comfort from. You'll grow up into a tree that is producing fruit in all seasons, leaves of healing for the nations. You'll begin to be the oak trees of righteousness that will not be blown about or, or um, uprooted in a storm or in trouble because your roots go down deep into the river of His pleasure for you. He wants to take it so deep that it goes beyond your cultural comfortability. He wants you to believe that you are so valuable to Him that when you walk in the room, when you come with intention to bless Him, His heart moves, His heart changes, His heart is deeply touched. When you say, Lord, I love you, I bless you, He's, there. he's not there just saying, that's nice. He's there going, oh. I love you, thank you. I love you, I love your words. I love your voice. Your voice is sweet to me. This is what I did it all for so that I could be engaging in a love relationship with you. Uncomfortable. But glorious. So glorious that what it will do is shake off all your insecurity. Perfect love casts out all fear. That is all fear of judgment, all fear of failure, all fear of rejection, all fear of anything that would try to come against you. You become so anchored in Him that His love becomes the thing that causes faith to flow with power. And all of this comes as we fellowship with His Holy Spirit. He wants to talk with you. Continually through the day, He wants to minister to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you His affection. He wants to nourish your heart. He wants to show you that you are absolutely in union with Him. You are not separated from Him. You are not rejected by Him, but you are so loved and so valuable that every time you look toward Him, He is jumping toward you. You take a little step and He runs toward you. His love for us is beyond what we can mentally comprehend, but it says there's an invitation waiting for you to be able to experience it in a new and a glorious level. Amen? I'll just finish with this. This is in 15. I can't get away from 
uh, John 14 and 15 at the moment. It's so delicious. <laughs> Hallelujah. 44, John 15. Oh, sorry. John 15. Still small. Hallelujah. John 15, 9. <laughs> I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. You know, I believe that the Father is looking for us to so let his love nourish our hearts on a continual basis that we will become so secure in him that we won't be looking for it from anybody else. So that everything else that comes our way, every affirmation, every kindness, every, every experience of love that we have is simply icing on the cake, but not the thing that nourishes and feeds us. It'll set us free to love without any expectation of being loved in return because we're already loved by the one who gives us more than we can handle. Continually. There's a continual feast that many of you are not partaking of. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to, he wants to help you understand experientially and through his word, the truth that you are way more valuable than you've ever understood. That when you come and spend time with him, he's not looking at you and judging your performance. He's looking at you and just thinking, I'm so happy. I'm so happy they love me. I'm just so happy they're here. Look at them, they're reading my word. They're communing with me. Oh, I love you so much. Pray for strength, I really want you to know my love. That's what he's like. If you've ever seen a love story that's moved your heart, doesn't even come close to how he loves. The greatest love story where one, someone would lay down their life for the one that they love, doesn't even come close to the emotion that God has towards you, the love that he has for you. He laid his life down for you and he rose again knowing that there was going to be the opportunity for you and he to have a continual feast of communion and fellowship. I believe that as we, we as believers start to grab a hold of the invitation into fellowship with the Holy Spirit in a new way, that he's going to begin to speak to you in ways that are going to sometimes feel like it's too much. As he's trying to sing this song to me this, this afternoon, as, as he, I'm, I'm used to singing this song to him, but he's singing it back to me. And I just, I had to say to him, I said, it's too much, too much. I can't, too much. And I could feel him smiling going, no, no, no. Come on, open up. I want to pour my love into you. I want you to know you are much more valuable than you've let yourself understand. When we begin to let him love us, everything shifts. Everything changes. He begins to show us the reality, the truth that, hey, <laughs> we're not even the person that we used to be. We have, we have died and he now lives. We are in communion with him as part 
of him, invited in to his family. We are one with him, in union with him. We have power now to obey him because our love is made complete in him. And we're not, being, we're not walking in obedience and holiness because we have to or because we should, just because it's who we are and this is what we are. This is why we, we do what we do because we're in love. We're loved by him and he loves us. And this is why we bear fruit. That's why he said, I give you two commandments. Love me, love your neighbor. Because if you'll experience what it looks like to receive love from me, and you'll experience what it looks like to receive love together with all the saints, you will begin to discover that that love is what will constrain you. That love is what will empower you to obey all the other commands. If we will pursue love and let him love us, I believe that there's people about to step into new levels of giftings and, and miracles, signs and wonders. Things that you've read about are going to be just uh, shadows of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. Let's pray. Father, we say thank you for your mercy, which is new every morning. We thank you for your kindness we thank you, Lord, that you are on our side. Lord, when you speak to us, you don't speak to us with disapproval and, and um, criticism. But Lord, you speak to us because you love us and you care about us. Lord, you delight to share your wisdom with us. And Lord, I ask Holy Spirit that you would soften our hearts to hear your voice, to yield to the wooing of the Holy Spirit to fellowship with you, Lord, in ever-increasing ways. Lord, I'm asking that you would empower people, Lord, as they read your word, to hear your voice tenderly speaking to them, not at them. God, that they would hear your words as invitations, not as directives, but Father, that they would recognize it is your delight to invite them into obedience. It's your delight to invite them to walk with you. Lord, it's for freedom you've set us free. Lord, help them to understand what it looks like to walk in true freedom. Lord, help them to understand what it looks like to let go of those things, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Lord, and embrace the joy of loving you, that your love would empower them to obey your commands. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.